The Winner's Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely gotta see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game live in high def. The Winner's Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winner's Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at winnercirclesportsgrill.com. This is the Winter Circle Sports Grill Halftime Show. Ahead, Greg Pecco and Josh Kippel provide analysis, interviews, and recaps from all that is Marple Newtown Tigers football. Now, here's your host, Greg Pecco. And we welcome you into the first edition of the Winter Circle Halftime Show. I am Greg Peckle, along with Tigers Radio Network analyst Josh Kippel. And we had a little uh, slow start for the Tigers to start the first half. And how, uh, they're down 14-6 to at the moment. Finished out the end of the half on a fumble recovery on a punt, and were able to put it in for six. However, a blocked extra point kept them from that. Now to introduce you to the format for this show. For all broadcasted games this year, Josh and I will bring you insight into the previous week's game. special interviews, highlights from around the Central League, and a recap of the first half of the game in progress. We begin here tonight with a recap of last week's game at Sun Valley. And Josh, the Tigers came away with a fairly dominant win last week at Sun Valley as the final score was 26 to nothing. Yeah, um, it was really a thrill. Uh, That was my first ever uh, Marple Newtown Tigers experience, and I had a great time down at uh, Sun Valley watching them uh, really take it to the vanguards, 26 nothing. Uh, they're really impressive on both the offense and the defense and even the special teams and uh, I'm really excited to see the second half here tonight, see our Tigers come back. Well, we will talk about that, and we'll address it. Uh, you were there. Josh, I was unable to be there. Uh, Tigers, 41 rushing attempts out of 44 plays, 262 yards on the ground. Um, most importantly, though, how do the Tigers look, and how do they gel in that first week of play? Um, you know, they got the uh, first drive started off really well. Um, they drove the ball all the way down and were able to score a touchdown. They actually were faced with two separate uh, fourth downs, uh, the first one was about a fourth and one, and they easily converted that. I believe that was around their 40-yard line. And the last one was on the goal line, and they were able to punch it in for the score. And Samara Moat and uh, Mario Diaguardi on the ground, the big, the two big running backs last week, 126 yards for Diaguardi, 100 yards on the ground for Moat. What did those two guys bring to the table last week and starting in this game? Uh, Moat. He's just an awesome running back. Uh, He'll take the ball, and I just really get excited seeing where he's going to go with it. Um, He seems to be able to find the holes really well and break it up the middle very easily. Uh, Diaguardi, on the other hand, uh, really surprises me. Uh, He turns something into nothing very easily. Uh, He'll take the ball. Uh, it'll look like an easy stop, and then boom, 40, 40 yards later, he's in for the score. Kind of like the uh, thunder and lightning of USC from a few years ago. Yeah. Moat, uh, a slashing back where Diaguardi were more using that short yard situation, but can certainly break one open uh, if need be. Um, defensively, the Tigers were able to pitch a shutout last week. What impressed you most about that defensive effort by the Tigers? Uh, what impressed me most was definitely the front seven. Uh, not to take anything away from the corners and the safeties, but uh, the vanguards were barely able to move the ball past the defensive line, and if they were, the linebackers were right there to stop them. Um, uh, if you know, there weren't that many passes attempt. It was pretty much an entire running game on both sides of the ball for the Tigers and the vanguards and the Tigers obviously came out on top in that battle. Yeah, Tigers able to hold uh, a net rushing yard attempts for 106 yards for Sun Valley and held them to only 118 yards total, 12 passing, 3 of 8. Um, good, a good solid game statistically from the defense, uh, as you mentioned there. Um, you know, in, to start this game to kind of preview the second half of our segment, little slow start today for the defense uh, with that first drive. However, uh, like you said, Sun Valley able to hold them to that shutout last week. 
Um, the two lines, that's been uh, in, you know, a change with some of the seniors leaving. How did the two lines look last week? Uh, I feel like the two lines are the most impressive points of the offense and the defense. They're able to create huge holes for these running backs to run through. Uh, and even when they're not, they're able to create big blocks uh, to lead to some explosive plays. On the de- defensive side of the ball, uh, there's really nowhere for the running back to go for the other team. Uh, they plug up all the holes, and there's, like I said, just nowhere for the running backs to go. Now, last week we talked about both the offensive defense a little bit, look into both sides of the football here just in a general standpoint. Offensively, which player stood out last week the most to you? You mentioned Moat and Diaguardi. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with uh, Mario Diaguardi on this one. Um, first, he had that 38-yard run uh, in the fourth quarter. That was a huge run. Uh, I couldn't believe he took it all the way to the end zone. That was an awesome play. And then on the next drive, he ran another one in from about 30 yards out. I believe it was 28 yards. And so that was outstanding. And he was able to finish with, I believe, 123 yards around there, something 126 like that. 126 yards, 10.5 uh, yards per carry, obviously. Uh, picking up more yards on the ground last week, two TDs for, for Mario Diaguardi. Yep. Um, moving to the defensive side of the football, you got a few guys at the top of the statistical categories. Brian Kelly uh, with eight tackles and a sack, and Billy Weaverling. Who stood out defensively? Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Matt Gregory, the big hero of that first half that just happened right now as he recovered that uh, fumble on the punt. He had an explosive 10-yard sack uh, in the second quarter that uh, really just kept the momentum of the game going right on through to the second half. Now, uh, statistically, on the special teams side of the football, which is, can be a big, as we've seen here tonight already, um, can be a big advantage or disadvantage in a game. Um, statistically, the special teams looked pretty good uh, last week, holding you know, on kick returns, holding uh, Sun Valley to 47 yards, and then on punt returns, uh, there were six punts um, by Sun Valley, and um, Marble Newtown was able to return a bunch of them for about you know 29.7 yards um, a carry or, or a return there. Excuse me. Um, how did they look from that standpoint? Um, just to go back to uh, Mario Diaguardi again, uh, I believe the first one that he returned was between 30 and 40 yards, and right off the bat, I was I knew that this was going to be a great game for the special teams. Um, the kicker definitely had a lot of good punts, too. Uh, there was really no faults that I could find with the special teams at all, other than maybe the blocked kick, but, you know, we were up so, so much by that point, it didn't really matter. And finally here, uh, from a week one standpoint, where does this team sit in this league, in the Central League? A tough, a tough league uh, year in and year out. Where do you think they stand uh, going into the, the rest of the season here? Uh, I think they definitely have a good shot to make a playoff run. And once they get into the playoffs, who knows? I believe they can take it pretty far. Um, as you can see tonight, they have a fighting spirit going down 14 nothing early. Uh, they really turned it around there at the end of the second quarter. Um, they were able to make some big plays to turn the ball around into their favor. And they're fighters. They just keep it going. So I believe that's the way this season will go. They'll just keep fighting and push all the way into the playoffs. Okay, and as we wrap up the first segment here, a few scores from around the Central League. Ridley's up 27 nothing on Lower Marion at half. And the last update we got from Haverford and Garner Valley was still 7 nothing uh, at this point. From outside the Central League, uh, Chester's beating Sun Valley 8 to nothing, And Episcopal is up on Interboro 14-6. to uh, one final note here, tomorrow is uh, Remembrance Day for September 11th. Uh, before we head to the break, I want to just note that uh, Tigers Radio Network would like to thank all police, fire, EMS, and military uh, around this country and around the world fighting and protecting us. Uh, we remember you and the victims of 9-11 and their families. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all of you. Um, Next on the Winter Circle Halftime Show, we will recap the first half of play between the Tigers and the Springfield Cougars here at Harry Harvey Stadium. Oh man, the Philly Pretzel Factory has done it again. They took a Philly tradition and made it even better. Now you already know the Philly Pretzel Factory has the best soft pretzel. Well now, they're making a cheesesteak pretzel. That's right, a Philly cheesesteak on the inside, surrounded by those piping hot, fresh, chewy pretzels. This is as Philly as it gets. A cheesesteak and a pretzel? Incredible! How great are those guys over there? 
They've got their original pretzels, the cinnamon pretzels, the pretzel dogs, and the party trays. And now, the Philly cheese steak pretzel. Bring them for tailgating, watching a game with the boys, a barbecue, or even a kid's birthday party. Head over to the Philly Pretzel Factory for the all-new cheese steak pretzel. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. We welcome you back to the Winner's Circle Halftime Show here at Harry Harvey Stadium. I am Greg Pecco here with Josh Kippel. And in the first segment, we recapped last week's game at Sun Valley. Now we turn our focus to the first half of tonight's game against Springfield. And Josh, uh, 14-6 here at half. Uh, Late touchdown by Marble Newtown. Early start, quick start for the Springfield Cougars as they got out to play on a uh, nine-play 50-yard drive that ended in a touchdown over three minutes. They had one pass play in there for 20 yards. Really the big strike there. Um, just kind of recap how how this, this game has gone so far for us. Um, well, it didn't really start out well on both sides of the ball. Uh, their running back, Craig, is really eating up the defensive line. Um, he's finding holes right at the beginning, and it seems like they're running schemes that have the wide receivers running out and taking the attention of all the cornerback safeties and some of the linebackers and by the time they look around he's already gone breaking a run for 20 or 30 yards. Yeah, you mentioned uh, kind of a sluggish, uh, sloppy start for both squads here. Springfield, two fumble losses. Uh, Marple Newtown has one. Uh, the one touchdown resulted from uh, the fumble from by Springfield there at the end as Marple Newtown got the ball back with about 30 seconds left and was able to punch it in on a two-plate 11-yard drive. Um, Kind of Ryan White has been the leading rusher here, four for 24 yards. Kind of a different different look. A lot of running backs here tonight. We mentioned Moat and uh, Diaguardi, but we also have a, a cavalcade of backs here. Yep. Well, um, Duffy didn't play last week, is that correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, so he's been getting some looks tonight as well. Um, it seems like they've turned the two-headed monster into sort of a four-headed monster. And also the quarterback, uh, Reitinger, he's been running the ball too up the middle. Um, it seems like the defensive line of the Springfield Cougars is kind of breaking down the offensive line of the Tigers a little bit and forcing Reininger to scramble and make some moves. Um, Not all of them have ended up poorly, though. Uh, He's been able to take some right up the middle for some positive gains. But uh, it's it's not good to see the offensive line breaking down like that. Um, He did have time to throw the ball uh, when he was able to actually drop back and make a couple passes when they didn't uh, run the ball. Uh, The problem was... The receivers were pretty blanketed, um, and yeah. it looked like the uh, defensive backs were actually going for the interception instead of just knocking the ball down, which actually almost led to the Tigers' favor. But uh, most of the it just resulted in an incomplete pass anyway. So yeah, this, the Springfield offense has has gotten the jump certainly on the Tigers in this one. Uh, Tigers appear to be starting to get that motor going. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I believe there's only about two or three passing plays at this point for uh, Jimmy Rittinger. Uh, of the Tigers, the Tigers quarterback. Uh, Springfield's thrown a little bit more, probably about five to six times at this point. Um, they have two quarterback system with Dante Allen being the, the option-style quarterback, and then they bring in uh, number 12 Ryan Strain to kind of throw some passes there. Um, overall, 195 uh, team rushing yards for Springfield, 91 total for Marble Newtown, so certainly the offense getting no- going there. Passing-wise, Marple is not necessarily the, the most air-game uh you know, air passing uh, geared offense in the league uh, at this standpoint. So, you know, they're going to stick to their ground game and to their game plan. Probably about a 75% to 25% run run to uh, pass ratio for Marble Newtown. Um, but let's talk about that last second touchdown there. Yeah. Kind of describe for everybody what, what happened there on that punt. Uh, well, I guess starting at the end of the second quarter, um, Dante Allen really blew it by trying to dive 
into the end zone with the football outstretched, and he ended up fumbling the ball and giving the Marple Newtown Tigers the ball at their own one or half yard line. There, the ball was pretty much right up against the uh, Marple Newtown goal line. But uh, you got to look at that as a huge positive because they weren't able to punch the ball in. Uh, from there, they weren't able to get very far, but uh, the Cougars weren't able to get very far on their next drive after that, and the Tigers got the ball back. Now, even after that, the Tigers couldn't really do anything, but when they went to punt, uh, it looked to be about a 40-yard punt, and the ball was up in the air right by the lights. Uh, the returner obviously couldn't see it. He looked like he didn't have a good read on the ball the entire way, and the Tigers' special teams was thundering down the field. And right as he got the ball in his hands and dropped it, uh, the Tigers were there to pounce all over the football. And, and certainly, you know, noteworthy there, as, as, as that's been the difference here in the second half in making this a close game. Obviously, there was a blocked uh, extra point. However, Springfield was going in about halfway through the second quarter, fumbled the ball on the one-yard line, Marple Newtown able to recover. So really, this game could have been a lot further out of reach for Marple Newtown uh, than, it, than, it wa- than it is at this moment. Um, so a good battle back and forth there. Uh, one reminder we want to make for you, um, log on to www.marplenewtownfootball.com for game scores, highlights, statistics, and history of the Marple Newtown football program, including information on the Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. In addition, if you're interested in listening to, to tonight's game played at Harry Harvey Stadium, go to www.marplenewtownfootball.com and subscribe to the Tigers Radio Network podcast. You can also subscribe to the Tigers Radio Network podcast in Apple's iTunes section. See tonight's game program for additional details, and after tonight's game, be sure to log on to www.marplenewtownfootball.com. And before we go here, Josh, just one last thing. Uh, What do you expect for the the second half? Uh, I'm expecting the Tigers to build off the momentum of those last two big plays, the uh, stop on the one-yard line from the defense and then the huge turnover on the special teams leading to a touchdown. That's got to fire up uh, all sides of the ball, offense, defense, and even special teams. So I'm looking for them to come out and build off that momentum and uh, bring a win home for these fans. And certainly the Marble Newtown Tigers will start off uh, on the offensive side of the football as they uh, they kicked off to start the game. So they will most likely, uh, barring any turnovers, will get the, the offensive side of the football to start this second half. Um, crowd seems to be filling in nicely here uh, to get ready for the second half. We're about five minutes away from that. Um, another update just in from uh, Ridley. Uh, 33 to nothing lead over Lower Marion. Other scores remain the same at the moment, waiting on updates and uh, during the game, Bob Herbert and Dave Feldman will have those updates for you as they come in. Um, but one last thing, I just want to thank all of our sponsors, the Philadelphia Pretzel Factory, uh, Allstate, the United States Marine Corps, and... Um, and the Winner's Circle, of course. The Winner's Circle, uh, who's sponsoring this halftime show. We will be with you uh, Thank you. We will be with you next week on Thursday night. And we thank you for listening to the Winner's Circle halftime show. And be sure to tune in to next week's game against Pencrest on Thursday night at 7 o'clock here at Harry Harvey Stadium. For Josh Kippel, I'm Greg Pecco. Bob Herpin and Dave Feldman have the call for the second half of tonight's game between Marple Newtown and Springfield next on the Tigers Radio Network. You wouldn't want your favorite team to play only one side of the ball. So when it comes to insurance, why settle for someone that can handle only your auto policy? Bring your home and auto insurance to Allstate now and you can save big on both. You deserve someone that can tackle more. That's Allstate's stand. Are you in good hands? Hey, football fans, call Allstate agent David Monroe at 610-359-1244 today. Subject to availability and qualifications, Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois. The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game live in high def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. Hey Tigers fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? Because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. 
They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Back to Harry Harvey Stadium. After one half of play in the 2010 home opener, Marple Newtown trails the Springfield Cougars by a 14-6 count. Dave, in that first half, basically the story of the entire first half is that dynamic between quarterback Dante Allen and their running back, Matt Craig, responsible for the two touchdowns on the Cougar side. Well, Lake Wiley were exactly last year for Springfield. Dante Allen is a very mobile quarterback. He's getting good reads by the offensive line, and he's able to fly through the seams in the t- Tigers' defense. That's one of the things. I don't, I don't know if, if uh, Coach Delonzo really anticipated is that they basically, Springfield, had a hurry-up offense the entire game. And I don't care who you are, that's something that really takes adjusting to and, uh, you know, probably over the course of a game. Never well, mind in the course of a series. I mean, you never really can get used to it because there's no huddle. It's it. You're down. You get the ball spotted. The play is away. And that's, I think, chiefly responsible for Springfield even having a lead because the Tigers' defense, other than that, has really done a better job of bending and not breaking well, you're right, because I mean, Springfield is doing a hurry-up offense. I mean, that takes them getting used to on their end. But then on another end, if you want to look at it, I mean, Marple are only going to adapt to it well. Better, better. It's only 14 points on the board for Springfield. It's not going to get much worse than it is now. But, of course, time, that means the time of possession once again favors Marple Newtown with their uh, relatively more plotting by comparison to wing T. That's one thing that in the opening and uh, before the game I've tried to discuss with several people is that, well, will this Cougars defense really be worn down in the fourth quarter? Because that's just what Marple Newton's offense does when it rushes 18 out of every 20 plays. And we had uh, at the end of of this first half, Marple Newton's only points was just an unbelievable quick slashing run by Ryan White to set up uh, Jamie Rodinger's touchdown. It was a great run by Ryan White. Ryanger was able to call his own number with uh, three really good running backs in the backfield and dive into the end zone for the quick six. And some halftime report here. Uh, we have 91 rushing yards for Marple Newtown. Negative seven yards passing, eight first downs. For Springfield, 195 yards rushing. And that's uh, something we actually we thought we'd see flipped. In this game, 30 only 36 yards passing, but well, you know, when you don't have a when you have a rushing game like that, you don't need it. Nine only nine first downs for Springfield because they do have uh, quick strikes and they did have the one key turnover in this contest. Craig, of course, leads all rushers, 98 yards on 14 rushes, and of course those two touchdowns did have one reception. But also, let's see, Ryan White on our side. Which is something that's a little shocking. I thought it would have been a little bit more. Only 24 yards on four carries. Maybe need to get the ball to White a little bit more, but I would have thought just overall, Marple Newtown would have had some better numbers than this. Well, he had some big holes, but unfortunately when he had the big holes, it was only like a one-yard distance to the end zone. He had that touchdown earlier. Right, exactly. But even after the first possession where Marple Newtown really just didn't get where they needed to be, the, the ensuing three possessions, Marple Newtown did move the ball very well. I'm really surprised at that number, but also keeping in mind that the one sack for Ridinger that was for a big loss, and that does count against rushing yardage. Another thing that stands out, there's only been three pass attempts so far combined in this game. Dante Allen is one for two, 20 yards, and Ridinger 0 for one. And of course, 
one of those for Allen. It's actually two, uh, one for Allen and I believe one for Ryan Strain. Could have been picked off because it was the Marple Newtown defender was the only one in, in the general area where the pass was going. It went right through Samara Mode's fingers, and you alluded to it earlier right. that if he knew it was an idea that it was coming, he probably would have made the pick, but unable to get his hands up. Tell you what, that's the one thing where maybe the spirit of Carl Kosarski needs to kind of infiltrate there. Kosarski had excellent just feel for the ball, even if the, the, the play didn't look like it was going in his direction. There were a couple times last year where he would just simply turn around because he felt what was coming and had easy picks. Well, Kozarski, he had a really good football line. He he knew what was going on in the field. He had a great read for the offense, great read uh, for the opposing uh, uh, line. And, of course, that's something that just, you know, it really can't be learned, although, of course, eventually you can figure that uh, any of the defensive backs can just, within any series or any play, you know, get that feeling. Although Kosarski had it in it just full on on both sides of the football. At least that innate ability, can't, I guess what I'm saying, that innate ability to know where the play is cannot be really learned, but the rest of it, just ball awareness can be. Hopefully throughout the season, the guys that are going to step into the shoes of the seniors from last year, Jamie Ridinger stepping in for Kevin Johnson, uh, Nick Alardi stepping in for Fender, and then different guys on the defense stepping in for Carl Kazarski and Kevin Striggle, so they're going to have to adapt and learn those spots throughout the course of the season. Well, you, th you bring up a good point about uh, Anthony Nick Alardi being the, the heir apparent for Adam Fender. Now, I don't know if it has to do with Nick Alardi or with getting off the line quickly, but he's had now two extra points blocked this season. That's one thing that uh, I, I, possibly it's, it's a problem with the line more than it is with the snapper with Nicolardi himself. But you do also want to see a kicker with that powerful leg be able to get that drive underneath and drive the ball upward so that if anybody is even close to coming in, it gets it above their fingertips. Well, I'm sure that's something that Coach Junk is going to look at through on the game film this, uh, this week and uh, address the line, going to see who's, you know, who's at fault for that, those couple blocks. Forward well, and again, you know, this is small steps. This is the first game in the Central League, a first glimpse at what the opposition really is going to be throughout the entire season. Marple Newtown, of course. You have a little bit of jitters in front of the home crowd after a big win, a shutout victory. They need to shake off the rust, and thankfully with everything that, you know, I'm not going to say went wrong, but everything that was not gone according to plan, Marple Newtown's only down eight heading into the second half, and they have the ball first. They get the first drive, and what better way to seize momentum than pick up points right now? Well, you said it, momentum, because that muff punt by, I believe, Denzel Thompson down at the two-yard line earlier set up the touchdown, and now they were able to, the Marple was able to score, and hopefully they can drive that momentum into the second half. They've always, yeah. I think with Ray Junt, he's always made great halftime preparations. He's made great adjustments at halftime, and hopefully we'll see some of that tonight. That's the hallmark of the Philadelphia Eagles over the past decade or so, and it's great that it trickles down here to the high school ranks, and specifically our team that we cover here. If they are nothing if not spirited, and they are all, as I've seen over the last two years, very quick learners. So Marple Newtown has its special teams on the field. We're waiting for Springfield. 24 minutes in the books, 24 minutes to go here at Harry Harvey Stadium. Home game number one, game number two in this 2010 season. For the Tigers, you have Cimero Moat, the deep man at the far side. Now he's creeping up back in line where everybody else is at about the 15. You've also got Ryan White, dead center between the hash marks, and Mario Diaguardi now creeping up on the near side. Now rolling back, he is going to be also at about the 16-yard line. And the kick by Springfield is away. It's a low line drive coming down to Ryan White at the 15. He's at the 20. Met at the 25, at the 30. Finally crawls forward. And he does a little bit of a swan dive trying to get to that 40. But, hey, you know, 35, past the 35 is excellent field position. He almost broke away on that play, but a nice play by the Springfield defense. It looks like number 72, Joe Lockley, was on that tackle. Responsible for the lone sack of the game for Springfield. That's right. But, again, it's kind of funny that uh, White almost did like a a uh, swan dive and a push off in the breaststroke there because he was totally extended for those last three or four yards. Tigers get the football at their own 38. Duffy the lone man in the backfield, dear, guarding the blocking back. Joey Pham split wide to the far side. It's a misdirection. It's a handoff up the middle to Duffy. 
He crawls forward just shy of the 45, so it's about a game of six there, Dave. Well, hopefully the running game is going to start opening up some holes. You'd like to see him pass a little bit more to open up those running holes, but it's Ray Junta's offense, and it worked last week, 26-0, only three pass attempts by Rodinger. As long as you had that offensive line to open up the holes, you had the, the speed right there, the speed and the will and the drive for that three-headed monster in the backfield. Second down and five for the Tigers. Ball at the 43. Duffy and White in the backfield. Manager hands it off to Duffy. Tries to go off tackle. Gets to the 45, but no further. So we're going to have a third down and short once again for the Tigers. They have not fared too well in third down today. You know, they missed that big third and short around the 10-yard line, their own 10-yard line. They weren't able to get it. Reininger tried to keep it and uh, was met rudely in the backfield. 10.46 to go, third quarter. 14-6 Springfield, Marple Newtown with the football, facing a third down and three from the 45. They need to get to the 48 for the first down. The ball is placed almost in dead center of the field between the two hash marks, slightly to the far side. Joey Pham once again, the one wide receiver. Reininger under center. He hands it off. It's a delayed pitch to the outside to Diaguardi. He gets around the corner to the 45. He slides forward, and that's going to be close. Denzel Thompson was able to make the stop there and just tripped him up, and they're going to signal a first down. Another great spot by the officials. Right at the 48-yard line, so that's, you know, with no room to spare for Diaguardi. Young man showing his medal. More and more on both sides of the football as this game has gone on. A near incursion in midfield for the Tigers. To the near side now. Rodinger under center. He's going to drop back. He's got a man downfield. It is incomplete. Just thrown over the head of Mac Gregory. He was basically alone in the flat there, Dave, with an extra 5-10 yards to spare. Yeah, he had some running room in front of him, just wasn't able to complete the pass. He could have at least had the first down, but it was just a hair over his outstretched arms. Well, that's something to work on in the in the off week this week. Yeah, I mean that's you know Kevin Johnson at times, even his senior leadership had just that little 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 uh, bit of touch off the football. Of course, his advantage is being over six foot tall. Runninger does not have that in his repertoire. Actually, he does. He's listed as six foot tall. Second down and ten. Play handoff again. The ball is on the turf, but recovered by Marple Newtown. That was a botched play on a on a play action end around. Diaguardi falls in the football. Nice awareness there by Mario to know where the ball was. He followed the ball, not the ball carrier. Was able to pick up the fumble. Thank, thank I believe you. he was the ball carrier on that. And again, it just just a little problem with the exchange. So that looks like it will be a loss of. Five on the play. Third down and 15, another keep. Play in the repertoire of the Marble Newtown Tigers. 8.58 to go, third quarter, trailing 14-6. Reiner's runner center. Gets it off to White. He's across the 45, up to midfield, and slides across midfield, but nowhere near the first down. So the best thing we're going to see here, Dave, is that uh, Springfield will be... Uh, in its own end, deep in its own end, once the Billy Weaverling punt takes hold. Well, we almost forgot to mention the punt last time at Weaverling because the, it was fumbled by Thompson, but he did a great punt and went down to the 15-yard line last time. And with a great show of faith by the Springfield coaching staff, it is Denzel Thompson out there once again. Weaverling has the punt. It's off the side of his foot. It's off the side of his foot and rolls out of bounds somewhere close to the 30-yard line. We'll see where the officials will spot this. As it was not the best boot by Billy Weaverling. Springfield crowding around that far sideline. En masse trying to influence the decision here. And we'll see where it goes. Ball is finally spotted at the Springfield 37. So I believe officially, Dave, that punt is going to go into the books as less than 20 yards. 
Yeah, not one of his best punts, but he got the job done. And exactly. So he's on the, uh, the the correct side. Springfield starting from the correct side of midfield. 8.14 to go third quarter. Shotgun formation again for Allen. Who fakes it? He goes right up the middle across the 50, 45, 40, and finally dragged down shy of the 35. As once again, the misdirection taking literally a page out of the wing tee book. Allen with another keeper. And Dante Allen just running all over this field. Oops. I mean, Matt Craig basically had his arms around that football and was going forward, and all of a sudden, Allen comes out of the scrum like a bullet. Craig gets the football this time. He's across the 30, down to the near the 25, and near another first down. Christian Whiteside on the tackle there. Another hurry-up offense for Springfield. But it's not enough. Is Marple Newtown back on its heels defensively? This is not something we've seen. Certainly not in the opening game last week and also towards the end of last season. Once again, shotgun formation for Springfield. Dante Allen under center. He fakes a hand off to Craig, will take it himself. He has the first down across the 25 down into 20. That was a second and one, and he got plenty. Ball is now spotted at the 23 yard line of Marple Newtown. Springfield just has all the answers right now on offense. Shotgun formation once again. He tries to hide the football. He gives it to Craig, who slashes and burns up the middle. 15, 10, 5. And he's in for the touchdown. Twenty-one yard touchdown run for Ryan Craig, his third of the game. And Springfield leads 20 to 6 with the extra point coming up. And Matt Craig just uh, has been driving the ball into the end zone so far as, like you said, his third of the night. Have to find some way to stop him, make some adjustments before this game gets out of hand. Ball is spotted. The extra point is away, and it is good again. So with 7.05 left in this third quarter, Springfield adds to its lead. The Cougars lead now 21-6, and with the change of possession, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. <laughs> You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by Allstate. Are you in good hands? Call Allstate agent David Monroe today at 610-359-1244. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Philly Pretzel Factory. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Winter Circle Sports Grill. For real sports fans only. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If they don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill for real sports fans only. Back to Harry Harvey Stadium, 7.05 remaining in this third quarter. Springfield now up 21-6 over Marple Newtown in Marble Newtown's home opener. The story of this game so far really has been number 28, Matt Craig. Three touchdown runs. And we have the kickoff. Ryan White's going down the sidelines. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, midfield. 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. He's got nobody behind him. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. That was just a straight arrow right to the end zone, Dave. Ryan White found the blocking he needed, found a hole. He was virtually untouched all the way to the end zone. Less than 20 seconds after Matt Craig scores. Ryan White with a long kickoff return for a touchdown. Electrifying. Hopefully that'll be a big shift in momentum. Marple Newtown needs it right now. Actually, officially, 13 seconds it took. Ryan White from the reception of the ball to crossing the goal line. Anthony Nicolardi on for the extra point. Ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is good. David just goes to show you. 
you really have to be on your toes sometimes because football games, like any other sport, can turn like that. Well, you can never count Marple Newtown out with their high-powered offense. And that's, that's one of their feature backs right there. It was Ryan White. He was able to do what he does on offense. He was ran up the field and right, for six. Right down that far sideline. I don't believe he was really touched after uh, the 25. And it was just every, It was just his blockers behind him and Springfield... You know, a phalanx of Springfield defenders trying in vain to catch up and just could not. Well, there had to be some good blocking on that play. They were able to make those big, that big hole for Ryan Way. He was oh, yeah. there I mean, directly nobody in back. It does, it back does not take very much for him to shoot through that hole, but once he was there, and it's also a tribute to his vision, also with the offensive line and also with white speed, because you never know what exactly is going to happen. You don't know what's going to the side if you just all you see right in front of you is green real estate. But he was able to sh you know, shift ever so slightly and burn it. So, 6.52 remaining third quarter is now 21-13 Springfield. And that's sort of wake up a crowd that was largely dormant through the first two and roughly one-half quarters of this contest. So Nicolardi is back. The kick is underway. It's a low line drive coming down to Craig at the 5. He's up the middle. He's across the 10. The 15, the 20, tries to go to the outside. 25, spins away at the 30, still on his feet, trying for the 35, and he's finally brought down. Well, Matt Craig, we've seen tonight, he just refuses to go down. Breaking, tackle, breaking tackles left and right. And able to fight for some more yardage. Good field position for Springfield to open this drive up. Well, i got to give him credit, you know, whether it's Craig or anybody, if you score three touchdowns in a game, you're going to think you can pretty much do anything you want on this field. And that builds your confidence level way up. So the ball will be spotted at the Springfield 35-yard line. At the far hash mark now, Springfield in the second half, moving from our left to our right. Three wide receivers set once again. Dante Allen in the set. Hands off to Craig. He tries to go to the near side. He's dragged down from behind. That was Matt Gregory once again, and he is stopped behind the line of scrimmage. Matt Gregory, a really quiet first half, able to, at the end of the half, he was able to get that fumble recovery. Now making some big tackles in the second half. Matt, he's a player to watch for the second half now. Showing a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in there. He just latched on and did not let go until Craig was dragged down for a loss. Second and 11. Shotgun formation. Allen tears to take it again. He's going to the far side. He cuts back towards the middle across the 40. And he stopped maybe another yard past there. So, once again, it's always tempered by the fact that Marvin Newtown makes a great defensive play, but Springfield is able to respond. Gain of eight. Third down and three. From Springfield's own 42-yard line, 5.36 to go, third quarter. Shotgun formation once again. It's a fake handoff, and Allen will try to take it again. He's pushed backwards, shy of the 45. He did not get it. Great job by Marple Newtown there, not allowing him to get past that 45-yard line. They knew in their heads that that was the first down marker. And we'll have to see what Mark Ellis, the head coach for Springfield, wants to do in this situation. May go for it, or he might just punt it away with a safe eight-point lead. I'll tell you what, Allen did probably the most, one of the most unoriginal moves that he has. Just tries to go straight forward, and of course, Marple Newtown's going to read that. So fourth and one from the 44. Springfield's going to go for it. It's a low snap. Gives it off to Craig. He is absolutely swamped backwards. Ryan Craig saw no light and no hope. That was just a great stop on Marple Newtown. The entire team was in the backfield on that play. Think, think that touchdown was any momentum for Marble? He must, I tell you what, Craig must have thought it was either Halloween or the start of flyer season with all that orange and black all over him. He looks scared to death, that's for sure. First and ten for Marple Newtown at the Springfield 43. Trailing by eight, 4.51 to go third quarter. Two-man backfield. Rodinger under center. He hands it off. Duffy's got it. Turning and twirling. He does get to the 40. 
All you need from now on is to burn up all that time. As long as it's positive yardage, Springfield will be tired. Well, we were just talking about how Matt Craig is able to just bust through the line of that confidence he has. And this momentum that Wapa Newtown has right now is giving Ryan Duffy and Ryan White and other running backs like Mario Villagardi and Samara Moat to be able to just pile through that Springfield line and hopefully they can get into the end zone here. And that confidence does cut both ways. A good turn on defense deserves another on offense. Second down and seven. Just outside the 40-yard line. Gregory in motion. Joey Pham to the near side. Reininger has it. Hand off the white. He cuts up the middle. He's got the first down. 30, 25, 20. Tries to cut back towards the near side into the center of the field. 15. He's down to the 10-yard line. Sometimes it's not all about flow. It's how you can be able to change direction and read the tacklers around you. Ryan White did just that for the extra 10 yards. Ryan White's had a great game so far now. He's a lot of... He's had all the big plays from Warren Newtown so far. So the uh, offense snapped to attention. Foaming at the mouth, trying to seize that momentum back. 3.45 to go. Third quarter, 21-13 Springfield with Marple Newtown. It's paw prints all over Springfield's side of the field right now. Way to go, fourth and one. Good call, boys. Ball is spotted at the 10-yard line, so we have a first-and-goal situation. Cimero Moat in there with Duffy in the backfield. is the blocking back. It's a handoff to Duffy. Tries to feel his way inside. Oh, he fumbles the football. He fumbles the football, and it looks like Springfield has it. This is an easy call. Springfield does have it. Duffy tried to make that, that, that spin move at about the 5-yard line and just totally lost possession. Yeah, you can see the ball came out before he was even close to the ground, and... Unfortunately, it's Springfield ball. Hopefully the defense can carry some of that momentum over from the last possession and hold them here. That's right. What an unfortunate turn there in the in the red zone, first and goal. But, of course, the, the best thing here, Springfield is backed up once again. They did not do well the first time they were backed up. And this time they will get the ball. It appears at the seven-yard line. So let's see what kind of adrenaline is pumping through the veins of the Marple Newtown defense right now. Ryan Strain in a quarterback. Shotgun formation. Three wide receivers. It's a handoff trying to go up tackle this time. Let's see. It looks I see a two there, Dave. I don't know whether that was Craig or not. It was Craig. Sometimes that fold in the eight when uh, it's across the field. Is a little tricky. That was a good job by Warple, limiting it to nothing. They didn't get any yards in that play. Second and ten. Shotgun formation once again. It's a handoff to Craig. He busts up the middle. He's got the first down and more. Cuts into the center of the field across the 25. He's brought down shy of the 30. Ryan White there with a nice open field tackle, able to take down Craig and prevent anything else because that had potential for a big play. Again, if uh, Craig was on his feet... He had this whole lane coming towards us in the near sideline between the sideline and the hash marks. All free green real estate. But as it is, first down for the Cougars at their own 26, 242 remaining. In this third quarter, visitors with an eight-point advantage. Shotgun formation again. Rolls out into the flat. It is complete to Denzel Thompson on the far side. Across the 35, he's got the first down, it looks like, and he's out of bounds at the 40. As you see some people in the, in the crowd here clamoring for a holding penalty. We'll see what happens. It's been relatively a clean game thus far. I haven't seen one flag yet. So they're going to draw it back a few yards here. Thompson gets the first down to the 39. Ryan Strain still under center. Three wide receivers set once again. Now Strain comes to the line of scrimmage. Goes back for an audible. Takes his place behind the line of scrimmage. It's a handoff trying to get to the outside. It is number 45. And he's wrestled down at the 40 after only a yard gain. But there is a penalty flag in the backfield. Usually done to in indicate some, uh, some infraction on Springfield. That it is. 
Head referee Dan White with the call. And for those of us at home who can't read lips, that was appeared to be a holding penalty on the offense. Sometimes with the little wrinkles of technology, you don't know what you're going to get. It probably came across as very faint to us here in the booth, but of course, you know, holding being one of the more prevalent symbols and penalties in all of football, we got that one. So, 10 yards back, in addition to a two-yard gain, it is now first and 22 for Springfield to hand off to Craig. He tries to feel his way up the middle. He fumbles the football. It's loose on the turf. Who has it? Springfield say they have it. Marble Newton says they have it. Springfield by a nose. Barely by a nose. Great hit there. Looks like Ryan White again on that hit. So as you see, the intensity and the drama is ratcheting up. Uh, hate to say it, but on both sides of the ball, the sloppiness is kind of being revealed here. And not many turnovers last week, and seeing a little bit now from Marple and a couple, couple fumbles from Marple, and now a few fumbles from Springfield. So here we go, second down and 18, shotgun formation again. Ryan Strain, he rolls out, he's hit, he's brought down. <laughs> Christian Whiteside's in there, we know for sure. Possibly Billy Weaverling also. That was a great job by Whiteside and Weaverling to get through the offensive line. And the quarterback had absolutely no chance on that play. Strain looked like Donovan McNabb there, uh, back there tapping his feet in the uh, millisecond he had before he was totally uh, plowed under. So third down and 20. Hand off to Craig. Faked. He tries to get to the outside, across the near sideline to the 35, dives to the 40, so he almost gets back to the original line of scrimmage there. And what may be the final play of this third quarter. We'll see time ticking away inside 20 seconds. You got Chris Kirk making his debut in the square box this year. Also Billy Weaverling on the play. And it looks like Springfield will just let the time run out here. After that gain, which would make it fourth and ten. So we've come to the end of the third quarter here at Harry Harvey Stadium, the home opener for the Marble Newtown Tigers. They unfortunately trail the Springfield Cougars by 21-13. We'll be back for the fourth quarter. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. Hey, Tiger fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. <laughs> 